0: Hey, 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 welcome to Novel Finds, the podcast where we talk about your favorite books, our favorite books, and everything in between. It's me, your host, Maggie, and I am here with another author interview. I am so excited uh to chat with the author of The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches, Sangu Mandana.
1: Hey, how are you? Hi. Yeah, thanks for having me here. I'm good.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. I really enjoyed your book. I am so excited to delve into you as an author and more about your book to get started as a little warm up. um, If you could possess any magical ability,
1: what would it be and why? Ooh, um, (laughs) (laughs) that's a hard one because there's just so many things I'd be able to do. Um, I think probably I would want to be a tea witch like Mika in the book is because I just think it would be so much fun to be able to like cure anything and fix anything with a cup of tea.
0: I love that. I think that's great. I I loved that part of the book. I read recently. Have you read the book Under the Whispering Door?
1: Not yet. It's on my list and I've heard great things about it, but I haven't read it yet.
0: Um, Because part of that book is when people enter this guy's tea shop, he knows exactly Mm -hmm. what cup of tea that they want. It's like this ability that he has. Yeah, he knows exactly what to give them. And it reminded me of that. It's just so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Would you mind giving us a little synopsis of the book and then a little bit about yourself as an author?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, So The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches is a romantic fantasy, a contemporary romantic fantasy, about a lonely witch who is roped into becoming a magical tutor to three out-of-control young witches. And uh, in doing so, she sort of finds love and belonging and the family she's never had. And me, well, a lot less exciting than the book, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I've i been writing novels for about 10 years now. Um, this is my first novel for adults, but it is my eighth, I think, eighth <laughs> novel overall. Um, yeah, clearly I've gotten to the point <laughs> in my life where I forget how many books I've done. It's a good spot <laughs> to be in, I think. Um, yeah. yeah it is a great spot to be in Um, and yeah there's uh mostly I write fantasy um a little bit of sci-fi usually sort of mixed in with the fantasy like kind of like science fantasy or space opera um I love romance I incorporate it whenever I can And it's just been so much fun working on my first book for adults. Work just let loose with like all the romance, all the feels, all the swoony stuff. Yeah,
0: I I loved it. I loved it. This book pressed so many buttons for me. um, Just because, like, I love I love like a contemporary fantasy, like magical realism, Mm -hmm. something that feels set in the now. And I'm a huge romance reader and. I love anything where a woman goes home or she becomes a teacher or she learns something about herself by helping others it just it really it it hits home for me and I I loved it I felt like you had so many wonderful moving pieces that really really helped make the story so whole um and they all really really worked well together I thought it was really well done thank you um yeah you're welcome you're welcome yeah. Um, Well, do you have a favorite line or section of your book that you would like to share?
1: Um, I don't know about favorite line because, A, I forget everything I've written. Um, (laughs) And B, because I think um, so many of the lines only work in context. So, um, but... One of my favorite scenes to write and I guess to reread as well is it happens about I want to say halfway through the book and it's when Jamie and Mika, who have a pretty antagonistic relationship to start with, um, finally kind of see eye to eye and and bond. And I think it's also the moment when Jamie falls for her, and it's it's great. I love it. Um, I don't want to say a whole lot more because you know spoilers. Yes, <laughs> but, but that would be it. Um, yeah, it, it has to do with stars. I'll say that much.
0: Yes, I I loved that part. It's um, I'm not really big into <laughs> highlighting or writing in my books, but that's that is a part where I just I gave it a little highlight. <laughs> I dogeared Aww. the page. I thought it was so <laughs> lovely. I thought it was so lovely, and one of my one of my favorite things in romance novels it's when like two characters who don't see eye to eye, maybe it's enemies to lovers, or maybe it's just two people who don't understand each other, finally have a moment mm-hmm. where they do a little bit. It's yeah. it's good. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was I thought it was so beautiful.
1: No, I was just gonna say that I love that in romances as well. It's one of my um, like favorite tropes like enemies to lovers or rivals to lovers or just anything you know just anything two lovers really I love it so much I, <laughs> well
0: uh, Sangu do you have a favorite character and if it's the same person do you have a character that you mm-hmm. feel like you relate to the most
1: this is hard because I really do love almost all of the characters in this book um, they are just this sweet quirky weird family Um, And they work so well together and I just love them all. Um, If I had to pick a favorite, maybe Ian, who is, I think, a lot of people's favorite based on things people like send me messages about. Um, I love him. He's incredible. But he is probably not the one I relate to most. Um, Weirdly enough, I don't think Mika is the one I relate to most either. I mean, there is a lot of me in her. And there is a lot about her that I relate to, like that sense of not belonging, that longing for a place where she fits in, where she's understood and accepted. But I think that if I had to sort of compare myself to one of the characters, Jamie is probably the one I most like. I am a grump. I'm not the sunshine half of of any relationship. (laughs) I'm the grumpy one. So Yeah. (laughs)
0: Well, honestly, the grumpy character is usually my favorite.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, slightly off topic. Do you have, and I'll be honest, I, I don't know many of your other books, but do you have a book where you feel like you wrote the protagonist that is most similar to you? Like, is there a character out there that you have written that you feel like you relate to the most?
1: Um, yeah, I think so. The one, uh, the book I wrote or the series I wrote right before writing this, um, is a middle grade series for so sort of ages eight and up and it's called Kiki Kalera breaks a kingdom. And Kiki, the main character is almost exactly what I was at her age. Um, she's struggling with anxiety. She's struggling with OCD. She's neurodivergent. She doesn't understand any of it. And she uses art to kind of cope with that. And that's all me. That is just so me. And I think in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, it's the story I wish I'd had at that age. Yeah, yeah. And I was writing it as much for my younger self as I was for young readers out there. Um, so I'd say Kiki, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I, I love that. I haven't read that series, but it sounds really, really great. Do you feel like... I'm so sorry, we're going a little bit off topic, but do you feel like when you are writing, you tend to write the stories that you wish you had growing up or stories that you feel inspired to write because you loved something similar when you were growing up, especially talking about like your middle grade young adult books? I
1: think it's a combination of the two. I grew up with um, fiction that was very, very white. Um, I've always loved. Always loved magic, always loved fantasy and, you know, escapism and even romance too. But the characters, the casts, the superheroes, the witches and wizards and elves and, you know, all, all of these amazing characters were all white. Uh, and I never saw myself in these stories. Yeah. So I think a lot of what I put into my work is, That feeling, that feeling of finally wanting to see people like me um, get to be the witches, get to be the superheroes, get to be um, the sword wielding badass warriors in space. Um, (laughs) So these are the things I wanted when I was young and didn't have. So, yes, I think there is absolutely uh, a huge part of the reason I write is to write the stories I wish I'd had. And inspiration is also a big part of it. Like I loved um, Howl's Moving Castle, still do. Oh, yeah. Uh, book, movie, whichever. I mean, I love it all. Um, <laughs> I loved The Lord of the Rings, the movies. I mean, I have to admit, I'm I'm one of the weird ones who just never really got into the books. Okay,
0: those <laughs> books are <laughs> dense, though. It is yeah, hard they, to read. They are, right? Yeah.
1: They're, they're yes. huge. Yes. Um, and so I mean I do sometimes feel like I'm still inspired by the stories I loved I mean uh, and you know there's some of them out of date a little bit um problematic now like Enid Blyton loved those books when I was younger but they they are iffy um her language choices her you know but I do think that that is where a lot of my love for the English countryside, that sort of mm-hmm. nature, em- that emphasis on nature, I think that's where a lot of that comes from. So I do think I am inspired by so many things that I used to love, still love. Yeah, no, I think that that's amazing.
0: That's amazing. And I think that I, I've only read this one, but I feel so much of that in this piece as well, because... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just the imagery is so lovely. It's, it's poetic, sort of like you're on an escape to somewhere new. And um, what was your favorite aspect of writing this book in particular? And do you feel like, um, I know you've, you've mentioned quite a lot, but was anything in
1: particular the inspiration for this book? I think there were probably a lot of things. It's always hard to pinpoint one thing, but I will say that I live in Norfolk in England. And that is where the book is set. And I am so inspired by the places, the countryside, the sea. So I think I really enjoyed working yeah. with that because this is my first book that is actually set here where I live. And I loved sort of throwing in references to real places, um, in co- describing, you know, the things I see every day. A huge part of the book is the fact that this house is set by the sea and Mm -hmm. that sort of whimsical, isolated, mysterious house on the sea sort of trope, um, except in a warmer, cosier package. And I love that. And I loved the fact that that is so real to so many places near where I live. So I think that was probably one of my favourite aspects of writing this, was getting to weave in a place I know and love so well.
0: Yeah. Did you find that it was easier to write someplace that you knew so well, or did it almost make it harder because you wanted to get it right? Yes and no. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it, it both, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it was easier in some ways because, of course, you don't have to, like all the visuals are there. Um, the descriptions, everything comes from something real. So it's a lot easier. But it is also there is pressure. You want to make it through to the place you love so much. You want to make it feel real. Um, So yes, the the not very short answer is (laughs) both. And
0: what made you want to make this one an adult fiction book? Because this is your adult fiction debut. And what was it like writing for adults versus writing for a younger audience?
1: So I've been wanting to write a novel for adults for a long time. Uh, But I wanted to wait for the right idea. I didn't want to sort of force something that was... All the ideas I'd been having were great for children's books, but didn't feel right for an adult book. And then this came along, and I knew straight away that this needed to be a book for adults, because it was about a woman of about my own age finding herself as an adult, dealing with years of loneliness and childhood trauma and... I needed, I, I needed to, the space to tell that story in a way that wouldn't have felt right for a children's book. Yeah. Um, so I did. So I was very excited to kind of finally have the one, so to speak, the idea that I've I'd been looking for for so long. Whether it was different, again, yes and no. In some ways, my writing process didn't change at all. I feel like I have a fairly predictable process now in that I get excited about a book. I think maybe I should give up and then I love it again. So that's that, that was much the same. But I do think that with children's fiction, I feel like I'm writing as my younger self. Mm-hmm. And with this, I was writing myself as I am now. Yeah. And I think that was probably the biggest difference.
0: Yeah. Oh, that that's really beautiful. How did that feel? To, to sort of write from what you know now,
1: it was strange it was um because it was very much outside my comfort zone i've been it, I've been writing children's books for so long that i'm used to writing for my and as my younger self mm-hmm. um, and it was strange it was I felt vulnerable in a way that i mean i, I don't think it was any more vulnerable than I am when I write as my younger self, but I think because it's so close to the way I am now, that I'm writing very much in a space of today that, that, that you don't get that distance, that, yeah. that sense of this is how I used to be. It's different now. You're very much in the moment.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I know you just sort of said that you feel you go through a lot of the same waves of emotions uh, yeah. when you're writing mm-hmm. your books. But do you, wh- what would you say really goes into your writing process? And specifically, um, what do you, how do you feel like you created this, this new world, this new fantasy world?
1: For me, it always starts with a character. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's the main character. Sometimes it isn't, weirdly enough. Um, but it always starts with somebody whose story I want to tell. I usually know them fairly well from the start. I know what they want. I know what they're looking for. And that's what compels me. And Mm -hmm. in Mika's case, it was, I knew that she was a witch who had been alone for so long and just wanted nothing more than to find somewhere she could feel at home. And, you know, and I was also writing this several months into the pandemic when we were all struggling with loneliness and isolation and needing connection. So I think that played into it a lot. And I knew from the start that it was going to be a contemporary fantasy, that the magic was going to be we like of woven into everyday life as opposed to being a massive separate world of its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... I sort of kept coming back to like everyday things that remind us of the of like the present the present moment, the, the real world, like you know, like gardens, flowers, tea, um, cake, <laughs> all sorts of things that are real to us, that ground us, that you know, make us feel like, oh okay, I can go out into my garden. And plants and flowers, or or I'm going to make myself a cup of tea, and the magic is a huge part of those things in the book. For Mika, the act of making tea is also the act of casting a spell. Um, The act of going out into the garden and harvesting plants is about harvesting magical ingredients. Yeah. So that was important to me. The kind of building the fantasy elements and the magic around the everyday, Mm -hmm. and making it a very grounded world. That makes
0: sense. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I I think that that is genuinely really, really clear and really well done in your book, too. Sort of, it's almost about seeing the magic in everyday life, right? Yes. And then, yeah, Yeah. and then it manifests into real magic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Do you feel like you have always been a storyteller and a writer, even
1: as you were a kid growing up? Yes. Um, and I can say that, like that, is probably one of the least complicated answers I could, pro- I, I've given you um, so far. Because yes, I have always been a storyteller. Sometimes to like the detriment of everyone around me. Because I think when you're very little, the storytelling ability translates itself into just telling lies um, and making shit up. <laughs> and, and it was like, uh, I remember vividly somehow convincing my best friend that my mother had gone on a trip on a flying saucer and had had an accident and had broken her leg. Oh, yeah. And she come and she comes around to my house and sees my mom just walking around like, you know, everything's fine and goes, what happened? I thought you broke your leg after falling off the, the flying saucer. And my mother was like, oh. Right. I see where this is going. Uh, <laughs> and it was stuff like this, like all the time. Um, <laughs> I think it stopped a lot when I started actually writing down my stories. Right. Um, but Had yeah, place oh, I've to always, put the energy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> to put all the fibs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, I have always been a storyteller, sometimes in not, on, not in a good way. I think that's okay. I <laughs> yeah, I think that is the problem with like telling lies is that you either forget you told them or you forget <laughs> what you said. <laughs> <And it's> like, <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> oh
0: yeah, exactly. Whoops. <laughs> um, okay, this is a this is a off the cuff question. I didn't prepare you mm-hmm. for, so I apologize. But romance plays such a heavy role in your book, and I was kind of wondering: Do you have a favorite? Um, romance author or a favorite uh, ro- romantic film that you feel is, oh, so is one that you go to? Yeah. yeah.
1: So, no, so many. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll do the films first because they are, they're easier. Some of the, there are they're, they're favorites. I will go back to again and again, um, like while you were sleeping, love that one. Um, yes. I mean, it's just, you think about it and the concept is, it's messed up but still, yes it is i still love that movie um uh what's the other one um how to lose a guy in 10 days like i'm you know i'm taking us back to like 90s and you know noughties movies but yeah i just love these <laughs> made in manhattan why i don't know <laughs> but i love it <laughs> um, but so that i do have a lot of like rom-coms that i will go back to just as a comfort watch um because they still make me laugh they still give me all the warm fuzzies um romance authors again so many um, but off the top of my head some of my favorites are sarah mclean um, courtney milan ali hazelwood um, evie dunmore talia hibbert there, there are more, but those are the ones I can think of right now. Those are all
0: amazing. I, I love, yeah, I love them. So yeah. good, so, so good. Well, mm. I am sorry to say this is already our last question, but uh, Sengu, what is your all-time favorite book if you have one? That is like
1: the worst question <laughs> ever. How can anybody choose just one? Um, you know what is
0: so interesting is is everyone I interview either says it's the worst question ever or their favorite question. There's no in between. <laughs> they either love it or
1: hate it. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely in the worst question camp because <laughs> I mean, I I can never choose. People ask me this all the time and each time I'm just like, "No." <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, what I can do is I can tell you my favorite book that I've read recently. That is, that is great. Yeah. And that would be Nettle and Bone by T. Kingfisher. Um, it is, oh, have you read that? Yes, I have. So good. Uh, weirdly enough, considering it's quite dark and the themes are quite dark. It is a very cozy book. Like you really like feel like you're one of the, the misfit crew going along on this quest. And I just, it makes me laugh so hard. Like, it, again, in spite of the fact that there are some dark, heavy themes in there. It, like, it's so funny. Like, she's incredible. Um, yeah,
0: Love it. I, I loved that book. It felt like a mix between, like, a dark academia meets The Hobbit.
1: <laughs> like, it just yes. felt so good, yeah. Yeah, yeah it had, like, the, the, the quest on the road, you know, but yeah. also had, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love, yeah. It's a great book.
0: Well, um, Sengu, before we say goodbye, where can the people find
1: you? Are you on social media? Uh Yeah, I'm on Instagram um, and it's just my name, Sangu Mandana. Uh, and I have a website where, I mean, to be fair, Instagram is probably the best place to follow me because that's where I put um like updates and things first. Because um, I'm a bit terrible updating my website. Um, I do also have a newsletter, which is probably also a good place to get like, well, news um, and <laughs> things and early sneak peeks and stuff like that. And there's a sign up to my newsletter on my website, which again is also just my name, com.
0: Amazing. Well, I will link your social media in this episode's description, Thank you. as well as a link to purchase your book, The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches, which you guys, I I cannot recommend it enough. It's the perfect late summer, early fall read. It's it's cozy, it's romantic, and it has just the perfect sprinkling of magic. I really, I highly recommend it. No, um, thanks, Mikey. <laughs> you're very welcome. <laughs> and a huge, huge thank you uh, for joining us today. Thank you so much. No, well, it's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you. And with that, we heckin' did it, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, share us with your other bookish friends and family. And if you're listening with Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review the show. If you're interested in joining our Novel Finds community on Patreon, please follow the link in our bio. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Novel Finds Podcast. As always, thank you for being a novel friend.